the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We could talk about Christmas trees. We could talk about airlines. We could talk about the economy. If you promise not to get too heated, we could talk about politics and how it plays into investing, whether it's Republicans versus Democrats in Congress and the presidency, or whether it's something simpler like what state you live in and what taxes are you paying, and do you feel that's a Republican versus Democrat issue? I look at the lens of life as a lens on retirement. Everything's fair game to me. I hope it is to you as well. And I hope that you don't get political about it because I think this is one of the greatest jobs in the world, talking about stocks. And we all have a vested interest in it because we all want to get to retirement. I think, although I've met some people who are living in the now, most of the people in my life have always lived in the now. Many of the women I've dated not only lived in the now, but afterwards, they still lived in the now. What I mean by that, spending too much money, not thinking about what life looks like when you retire. I'm a big fan of looking at life when we retire, but we, in that point, you still have to go through the process of how do we get there. I want my retirement to be a good one, and I learned this from not me but from the person that I settled down with. She had a grandfather who was the rock in her family. Her mother and father, I don't want to say weren't the brightest bulbs because that sounds really rude, but they kind of lived in the now, whereas the grandparents lived and made sacrifices, probably due to the Great Recession, probably due to the Dust Bowl era mentality of, of scraping by. They accumulated assets and they paid for their kids to go to college. They paid for their kids, kids, grandkids to go to college. That's my goal is to be a grandparent like that. To provide for people, but some people want to live in the now. Not so much me, but again, my mother got to the point where she's like, Robert, I changed your diaper. I've done my job. I'm like, what, what about college? And she goes, I changed your diaper. I've done my job. Uh, okay, that's fine. So this is a show about getting you to retirement so that you can be a great grandparent and have the option of paying for the college. Or how about just a great grandparent who can do stuff like put two $5 bills in your hand and have your kids pick one hand, the grandkids, and one kid gets a $5 bill and his eyes go, woohoo, and the other kid gets a $5 bill. Or change that number to a $20 bill. I know it's free money. It's tax free. You're not teaching a really great lesson there when you give kids money like that. But Rob's, Rob Black's willing to overlook that one. Rob Black's talking about Rob Black at third person again. Everyone run. Rob Black likes Rob Black.
But it's a show dedicated to getting your retirement. And again, if you wait till you're 40, you're probably going to work till the day you die. That's my thought. Today in the headline news, we're close to all-time highs, close to record levels. I feel like I'm going to be able to look at my 401k at the end of the day and go, I'm okay. There's no compromise there today. There's no breach. There's no terrorist bomb getting ready to go off. 712,000 people filed for initial jobless benefit claims in the end of the week, last week. And that basically is pointing to a picture of it's the best number we've seen yet during the pandemic, but it's still way higher than we need to be and should be. And the government needs to start thinking stimulus soon because we got 2,800 deaths per day yesterday. Hospitals are being pushed to the limits. COVID's going to shut down economies again on some levels. Going into Christmas, that's not good. Will people charge Christmas on credit cards, hoping the government sends them a check? Probably. Will that happen? I don't know. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said on the Senate floor, compromise is within reach. So, good. American Airlines started Boeing 737 MAX flights to boost confidence in jet after fatal crashes. Costco is now going to sell giant packages of Beyond Meatballs in a new deal. Who doesn't love Beyond Meatballs and giant packages of meatballs? Chef's Sveti. No, I'm not going to go there. My chocolate. My chocolate. 800-516-1228 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So I think some of my top stories today are, I just brought one up. American Airlines is getting back into the confidence game, and they're showing their CEO get on planes, and stewardesses get on planes, and mascots from football teams get on planes. They're trying to just make it very friendly. Come on, just put Snoopy on a plane, and we'll trust it. So I think the thing that I want to get at is, Costco's going to sell giant meatballs, Beyond Meat meatballs. So they're plant-based proteins. That's a nice story. It's a nice trend. American Airlines is a nice trend. Now let's use American Airlines and translate that into beedy, 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 an investment idea. I don't like American Airlines. You know why? They've got a flight attendants union. They've got a pilot's union. They've got a mechanics union. I love American Airlines because all those unions. I feel safe on their planes. Southwest has got a little bit easier of a label, uh, <coughs> labor scenario, right? Look at a company like Tesla. They don't have the unions that General Motors and Ford has. Therefore, they don't have to give their employees pensions and health care and a lot of things that GM and Ford have negotiated into union contracts through the years. So the company that's kind of in between American Airlines, Delta, Continental, the companies that are in between that and Tesla, I would say Southwest. Southwest is a company that has a good balance sheet. So during the pandemic, they didn't issue shares. They didn't go out and scrap up money by saying, oh, we need to you know, borrow money. They didn't fire people. There was no big drama there. Thanksgiving travel was strong. Four million plus people took flights. Now this week, we're at back down to a million. That's still better than we were in March at around 250,000. But it's way off from where we were at, you know, four million. The rise in COVID cases, it's taken its toll on bookings. People are freaked out. And yet me and my sugar booger is like, we're pent up. We're ready to go. 
I know you're saying, zooby, zooby, zoo. No, I'm not going to get all sexy and take her to France or anything like that. No, 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 no. She's been good. She hasn't been that good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting on an airplane and you know taking off and feeling that pressure of like, I wonder if the plane's going to go down. I look forward to that. And the landing of like, ooh, that was a little bit bumpier than usual. I haven't had that pit in my stomach in a while. Wall Street's pinning its hopes on recovery, and I say there's one play to play, and it's Southwest. If you're going to play any right now, a year from now, I'm going to be talking about in the last 52 weeks, it looks like Southwest has gone up about 20%. That's better than the market. I'm not telling you to buy Southwest, but if I were to buy an airline, that's the one that's on my radar as of right now. Good balance sheet. They didn't do anything stupid during the pandemic. They're poised for a vaccine to take hold. We're at the darkest moment right now as far as death and hospitalizations go. It will probably get darker in the next two, four, six weeks. The Boeing 737 MAX has been recertified, and that's a big catalyst for Southwest as well. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at one place and one place only, robblackshow.com or newfocusfinancial.com if you want to look for a second one. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's go to a quick call, 800-516-1220. Let's go to Tony in Oakland. Tony, how are you? Fine, thank you. What are your thoughts? My, uh, my question is uh, Prop 13 is taxed. Uh, the way they're raising the property tax, uh, it seems like uh, it's been going up for me between three and five hundred a year. If it goes up two percent a year, now if you're gonna give that property to your child one day, could you just sell the property to your child at a real low price and start your property tax all over again at a low base? You can do some what I would refer to as financial engineering as far as Prop 13 goes to your future heirs. Before we get into that, is that what you want to do? Well, that's where I eventually wanted to end up, put it that way. Sounds good. Um, California is very unique, as you know, and you've made a lot of money in the home, I'm assuming, if you're paying an extra $500 a year in property tax. That tells me your value is going up significantly every year. Does that sound about right? Well, yeah, yeah, it went from like five to like seven. Well, it didn't really go up that much, but in our county, they raise it like 2% a year. Yep. Well, they're legally allowed to do it, right? Um, so I I'm figure not a... when I retire, then it's going to be, uh, you figure in another five years, your property tax is going to be a lot higher than it is now because it went from six to nine almost ten you know what i mean yeah when you're give give people the numbers when you say it's gone from six to nine are you six thousand to nine thousand in property tax bills yeah when i started with the property you know okay, okay thanks for the call um typically when you inherit a, a property it's assessed value is reset to its purchase price you can put the property into a trust, which I highly recommend you doing, so it doesn't have to go through probate. 
Uh, probate's going to cost you or heirs anywhere between thirty and forty thousand dollars. Depends on when you want to give the property to your son. And I'm going to say son. And again, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, you can get around it, and it's a little bit insane because Prop 13. I don't think, and this is just my opinion. I don't think it's been terribly wonderful for everyone in California. So I bought a home 15 years ago, roughly for $900,000. It's worth $2 million. And my property tax is figured at 900,000 2% per year of the increase in value. That's the basic idea. Prop 13 came around in 1978 in an amendment to the Constitution of California. It was approved by voters in 78. In June, it was upheld as a constitutional AOK. It helps seniors in California get firefighters and doctors and roads um, updated and modernized, even though they're paying taxes on something they bought maybe in 1978. That seems a little bit crazy to me. Two-thirds majority in both the legislative houses uh, would be needed to reassess this. I don't see that happening. It's been called a third rail in California by politicians, meaning it's an untouchable project. It's an untouchable subject. We're not going to even think about that. It's property tax equity is a kind of a brutal thing to say out loud. Um, I would highly recommend you to go to an attorney and consider an estate plan so that you can pass your wealth off to your children as intelligently as you want to. And again, I think the first thing you're gonna have to decide before you talk to an attorney about transferring Prop 13 to your son is do you wanna give it to him while you're alive or do you wanna give it to him when you're dead? Prop 13 treats all California property taxes the same. Um, the electorate has changed a lot in the last 40 years, in my opinion. I'm not a big fan of Prop 13 because the rest of the United States, very few states have anything even closely resembling it. But also very few states have an average home starting at $600,000. So I get that you want old people in your community, but for my opinion, I want young people in the community. A woman across the street just recently passed away and she'd been living in the house for 50 years. She was paying about $480 a year in property taxes on a home that she probably bought for like maybe 100,000 or $50,000 all those years ago. And her kids are inheriting it at a $2 million valuation and it's a teardown. So they're going to be put in the position of, well, we'll tear everything down but the chimney so that we can keep that Prop 13. And that's when it just starts getting mind-boggling. A family trust is one piece of a real estate strategy that I think you should go for. Um, but you're going to have to do it in ways that you feel comfortable. Is the house paid for? Is it not? Um, can you sell the underlying ownership structure in a home to a third party and keep the low real estate taxes you're currently in? That's kind of interesting. And if you give the property to your son and he gets divorced, what happens to the property? Am I saying don't do it? No. 
am I finding it saying it's a little creepy to say my children who I gave birth to 30 years ago and I've lived in this house for 30 years and they're off with their own family and apartments. I'm going to give them a house to that so they can pay a low tax rate. I see it done all the time. I would just be a little bit cautious and get an attorney because you want to make sure that you've paid your taxes. Um, and again, you know, my property taxes are about $16,000, whereas my neighbors were at 500. I don't like Prop 13 because I want younger families moving in. And to me, it's a barrier to entry. I could, I'm not going to say I can barely afford my $3,500 mortgage payment, but when you throw on top of that an extra thousand to, you know, $1,500 a month for property taxes, most Americans pay $1,500 would cover two months of a mortgage. So basically for me, it's like a 13th and 14th mortgage payment. It's not the easy, it's not great, but did it create wealth? Yes. Um, be very careful about titling it to his name before you get an estate attorney. You don't want to blow this. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I was just talking about Prop 13, and I kind of said I'm not a big fan of it. That's okay. We don't have to agree. I like my communities to be younger and a little bit more vibrant. And what I mean by that is I like school teachers to be able to afford the cities that they live in. The caller that we had, I believe, is doing a little bit of financial engineering, which is fine, and it's your legal right to do. <clears throat> But it bothers me just a bit because, again, your son was born with a daddy who bought real estate. Some kids weren't born with daddies who bought real estate, and the fact that you're able to keep it is a wonderful perk for your family, and I totally get that. But I feel like the community is getting ripped off a little bit, and that's the problem that I have with Prop 13. And trust me, every time I talk about Prop 13, an old person emails the station, Rob Black hates Prop 13. I'm an old man. I'd have to move. I kind of want you to. Um, and again, I'm not saying that like you, but there's a reason people retire in Guatemala. There's a reason people retire in Belize and Florida and Arizona. The cost of living is considerably lower. And I'm not saying it's spreading the wealth by you going to a lower cost of living area so you can retire and, and live out your years in sunshine and with you know relatively good doctors close by. I can just tell you that every old person that I know, and I'm talking old people 70 years plus in the Bay Area, it's getting tougher and tougher on them. Whether it be wildfires, electricity going out, whether the roads are getting tinier because more people are packing cars in, it all starts to add up in my opinion. And it's very frustrating for people. So a couple things on Prop 13 that I want to finish this conversation with is he said, I want to give it to my son. And you're totally legally allowed to do that and pass on a low cost basis by keeping it in the family. Down the road, that may be reassessed or changed. So what I would do is consider getting an attorney now and trying to lock yourself into trust now. But even before you do that, this is where it's gonna get a little bit crazy. Talk to your son. And it gets a little bit more complicated when there's two kids involved. I've got two properties in California and I got two children. And one of my children said, Dad, can I have the luxury house and the other one can get the workhouse? I'm like, 
I'm probably going to put them both in a trust and turn them into rentals, to be quite honest with you. I'm just, I try to be honest with my kids. But one is showing interest in it. And if the other one I were to talk to, they would say, yeah, dad, I want to live in San Carlos. The other one's like, I want to live up in the mountains. I'm total game for it. But I kind of want that to be their decision. But also, I kind of want to create a situation that's positive. Remember how I talked about in the last segment, make sure that you you know, talk to your kids. And if they've got a scenario where they get married, does the property go half to the wife? Or do you set up in a trust that always stays in the blood of the family versus the marriage of the family? There's no right answer. I can tell you that it's politically charged when you, you fall in love and you're like, well, I need a prenup. I just need you to know that this house is in a trust and ultimately if you divorce me, cheat on me. If I divorce you, cheat on you and we go our separate ways, you're not going to live here. <laughs> um, there is that conversation to be had. With a, So again, what I'm getting at is like even like 529 plans for grandchildren or investments for grandchildren, talk to your children before you do it because they may have a different plan of what, how they want to raise their kids. And I respect that. And I think you need to as well. Uh, my kids may go, dad, you lived in California. It's not my dream to live in California. So just let's turn it into rentals. Uh, the amount of money I could make on the current home that I'm living in, probably going forward is going to be better off as a rental in large part because of Prop 13. Um, I got in, I got real estate. I was able to afford it. So that's where I'm going at with this story, if that makes any sense. Talk to your kids, put it in a trust, make sure you're dotting the I's and dashing the T's. If you need a good trust attorney, let me know. Anyone who lives in California, in my opinion, who owns real estate should have a trust. In large part, you will save money upon your death. If you don't have the house in a trust, and I have my homes in a trust, in large part, you can't find me. Uh, my trust may be called AB Trust. So the house is listed as the owner AB Trust, not Rob Black. I prefer that. Um, and when I die, my kids won't have to hire an attorney to go through probate and be charged $40,000. The trust was $5,000 years ago, and I'll update it every few years to make sure that I'm staying within proper legal guidance of passing on the asset intelligently. As well, you should update your trust every five years, roughly, maybe a little bit more often if trust laws have changed or a Democrat comes in and changes the state laws, state tax planning laws. You hear about it in the headlines. That's when you know you need to do it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, some people want to buy their family home, but they can't afford the property taxes. Prop 13 protects change of ownership amongst family members, spouses, partners, parent to child, uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles do not count. Aunts, uncles, and relatives do not count on any property transferred, so it's almost direct family. Grandparents to children, children to siblings, something like that. Um, so very important that you do it legally. Does adding somebody or removing somebody from title cause the house to be reassessed? Not unless there's a complete change in ownership. I know a lot of people who title their homes in their kid's name, and it's the wrong way to do it. Go after a trust. Don't be cheap. Um, 
And again, there's some other ramifications that having an attorney help you with. If you have a loan on it, if you do a reverse mortgage on it, if you take out a second on it, these are all ramifications that may mess up what you're expecting to happen. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. There's a stock named Liji, L-I-Z-H-I. Um, they're pretty interesting to me. Ticker symbol is Lizzie, L-I-Z-I. They're the largest interactive audio entertainment platform and the second largest online audio platform in China. Huh. They've got a deal with the Chinese electric vehicle producer Xping, breathing new life into the shares that have been struggling. Okay, that right there, they've been struggling. The stock's up 80% today. Okay, what's going on? It's a Chinese, let's call it XM Satellite Radio. It's the Chinese XM satellite. It's not, but it's an online streaming platform that's tied towards cars. Interactive audio, so maybe a Spotify satellite kind of play, right? It allows users to create, store, and share user-generated content, such as podcasts. The company says they got 234 million podcasts, so it's kind of more of a Spotify than a satellite, but it's, it's a play on cars. And with me, I'm like, huh. I've never been to China. I don't know if I'm saying Lizzie, is it La Ji or Lizzie? There's a silent Z in it. What? There's a silent Z? I don't know. So I look at a story like this and I say explosive growth, big day up on the stock market. One of the things I have in front of me every day is the list of winners and losers. And this is on the list of winners today. And I'm like, I don't know it and I don't want to know it. With that said, there's other stocks that I follow. How many stocks can you follow until you're burned out officially? So I want to repeat this. Goldman Sachs, David Koston, talked to Bloomberg TV this morning, and he thinks GDP is going to be roughly 5% next year. If that's the case, I think you invest. Now, again, you need to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any actions that are on the show. But 5% GDP is pretty sweet. Now, again, that's coming off a pandemic year. So that's a little bogus. <clears throat> But he's saying there's four reasons you want to be invested, not just the 5% on GDP. You're gonna have a better economy than you expect. You're gonna have better earnings than you expect. And you're gonna have super low interest rates. You're not gonna see a lot of inflation and there's nowhere else for you to put your money. Strangely, I mostly agree with that. Now he's saying 3,700 by the end of 2020, 4,300 by the end of 2021. That's a good move up. The rationale is simple. It's overly basic. It's not ideal for you to go out and put the milk money into it. When I talk milk money, I'm talking Jack and the Beanstalk. Here's some money. Go get us a can of beans. And he comes back with a can of magic beans. He was supposed to buy a cow that they could milk. But now he brings back magic beans. And you can't even eat them. So you plant the magic beans and it grows up the sky and you get a golden goose. I don't like going after the golden goose. I like the cow. It's one of the things that I like about Bill Gates is a couple of years ago, he introduced the world to Heifer International, which is this charity during Christmas time that you could fund and you could do it all year round, where instead of giving poor people food, you give them a cow and you say, hey, go make that milk for every day for the next 100 years. Go make more cows, make a baby cow hotel and a baby cow veterinarian and a baby cow hospital so we can make more cows. I prefer his angle of thinking, even though I know some villagers go, let's eat cow or let's eat chicken. Eggs, too long to wait. Let's eat chicken. 
Tesla shares jump after Goldman Sachs is upgraded the stock. Yay. Merck has sold its entire stake in Moderna. They've got some venture capital, which is something worthy of mentioning. Big companies like Intel and companies like Pfizer, they're big and boring. So what they do is they go out and invest in small companies. They have a play on them, even though they don't have like the, the youth and the ability to move around like they do. But they got the cash to invest in a lot of options. It's one of the reasons I like Visa. They basically have a very strong business in the United States. I'm not going to call it a monopoly because it's not. But they, they invest in the companies that look like they might unseat them. And sometimes they invest in them. They sit in on the conference calls. They sit in on the board of directors meetings. And they go, this is a good company. Let's buy them. So sometimes they invest in new companies to do the research so they can buy future companies. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. Drop me an email, Rob, at robblack.com. Do you agree, disagree with me on Prop 13? In the long term, I don't like it, but it's a system we have, and you should try to take advantages of it for your own personal economic issues. I get it. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Spotify came out with some interesting data yesterday. Spotify released some information on the trends in streaming. Bad Bunny claimed the number one spot with 8.3 billion streams this year from around the globe. Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny. Something tells me we might be seeing the Bad Bunny at the Super Bowl this year. Interesting. Can't tell you how to even pronounce his album that he released in late February, but it's something like Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G. And that might mean something, but I don't know what it means. Drake was the number two star, followed by a Latin star in McDonald's meal, endorser J Balvin. Number four in the world of streaming was Juice World, followed by The Weeknd. Number one female artist, Billie Eilish. Number two and three, Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. Doesn't that seem like, yeah, there's nothing really surprising on this list. There's really nothing all that surprising on this list. They also came out with some podcasts, reviews, or numbers. Joe Rogan, number one. (laughs) Number two on the podcast, TED Talks Daily and The Daily. Hmm. Somewhere in there, number four comes the Michelle Obama podcast. Number five, most popular podcast of 2020. Call Her Daddy. I hope that's not dirty. And it is. I'm sorry. But that's the number five podcast. Um, more playlists, they said. 1,400% rise in the work-at-home playlists. That's kind of funny, right? 64 million-plus streams of Spotify's Black Lives Matter playlist. 18 to 24-year-olds listen to a podcast for the first time this year. More 18 to 24-year-olds listen to a podcast for the first time this year. So it is a trend that's continuing to build up. Will podcasts eventually be kind of the YouTube? That is the boogeyman to ABC, NBC, CBS, where I tell you my kids watch more YouTube than they watch network television. Will podcasts start taking down radio a little bit more? Sure. Will they take down a little bit of time with YouTube? 
a little bit will be stolen from YouTube. A little bit will be stolen from the networks. I'm going to be starting a new podcast in 2021 that will not be featured radio content. It could be called the Rob Black Super Secret Show. So I could tantalize you that you're getting super secret information that no one else is getting. It could be the Rob Black in Your Wealth show. I don't know. I don't know. Help me name it. Rob, you know, Rob at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblack.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. So I was just talking about the trends. And that's always an interesting one to me on what Wall Street is seeing as far as what's going to play out this year. Airline ticket sales are ailing, but Southwest stock should fly high next year. So says one analyst. One analyst is saying, don't worry about 2020. It's over. But we see significant upside to airlines, in particular, Southwest. Thanksgiving air travel is strong with more than 4 million passengers taking flights around the holiday, but travel fell back to less than 1 million passengers a day this week. So one analyst is saying, hey, we're going to see a spike in COVID cases. We may even see the airlines shut down again on some levels. But we think this time next year, we think summertime next year, Southwest is going to be selling tickets at a more reasonable level than what they're selling them at today, even though there's 2,800 COVID-19 deaths reported yesterday. Buy when you can see the white of their eyes or the darkest before the dawn. Are you a little early today? Sure. Is that long-term problematic? Maybe not. Maybe buy shares of something as a reopening trade or indexes reopening trade on a cyclical index. And you just go make love to your spouse this weekend and you don't really stress about like, what am I going to buy? What am I? You just get it over with. You scale in a little bit now, a little bit later. And then go enjoy life. That's what I'm pushing for. So, end of the year, we tend to get predictions. And that's one of the reasons I gave you the Spotify angles and the trends. Goldman Sachs' David Koston said the SP 500 could reach 4,600 by the end of 2022. That's a 25% gain from current levels. And I dig it. Okay, now. Who's David Koston? Have I ever had dinner with him? No. Has David Koston ever looked at my portfolio? No. Does he understand my wealth uh, profile? No. He thinks there's four reasons to be bullish on the S&P 500. Number one, an improving economy. I agree with that. You don't care what I agree with and I don't. I'm just telling you. Little devil's advocate here. Number two, rising earnings growth. Yes, 2021 earnings should be better than 2020s. Number three, historically low interest rates. And then he's got something called the TINA trade. TINA stands for there is no alternative. And that's where I get really fascinated with this conversation of what he's having to say. There is no alternative. It describes how investors will buy stocks because we don't really want to, we don't have enough money to buy a whole house. We don't really want to go out and buy gold unless we're going to actually have it in our home and play with it or it gets a job. We don't have the trust to go out and buy baseball trading cards. So TINA stands for there is no alternative. And I believe that there is something there. 
that that it's as sick as it sounds. I don't care if a company has a 15 PE or a 20 PE or 25 PE. If I want to own said company, I'm going to own said company. And I'll let the PE thing figure itself out with the low interest rates, with the low inflation, with improving earnings. Goldman expects the S&P 500 to reach 3,700 by the end of 2020 and 4,300 by the end of 2021. There's reasons to be optimistic. I just gave you four of them. But do you believe in the Tina? There is no alternative. I know you believe in the reopening. I know you believe in the earnings growth. I know you believe in the interest rates being low. But do you believe in there is no alternative? Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.